another episode of currently binging the podcast about all things tv and movies if you're listening for the first time welcome make sure you hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to my voice on also take a few extra seconds rate comment all greatly appreciated so if you clicked on this that means you want to hear what i have to say about titans and boy are y'all in for a treat you got two superhero episodes back to back if you don't know what i'm talking about the episode right before this one that dropped on an off day as in not on a regularly scheduled wednesday um was me discussing guardians of the galaxy volume three so that one was fun this one is going to be fun because i enjoyed this season i feel like i always enjoy titans but um Right before we get into it, this there I am not the the super the the comic book expert. <laughs> I was going to say the superhero expert. I'm not the comic book expert. You all know I don't read these comics. I've read some. I count on one hand. Long, long time ago. Everybody say, long, 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 long time ago. So I don't know all the ins and outs. I'm not going to catch all the little Easter eggs. Just not how it's going to go. Um, I do try not to do Marvel DC comparisons. I have ranted about how I feel about Marvel versus DC um, comparisons in general and lots of different <laughs> DC episodes. So I'm sure you can go back and find that. But yeah, um, I didn't really do a lot of Googling for before I came into this one just because it's the final season. So, I mean, outside of like, oh, this was cool. Or did you see that? Like, I don't, I didn't think that there would be too much that I would miss by not Googling things. I did like a brief Google. And because it's been a little bit since the last episode, I think it's been about maybe two weeks since the last episode. Yeah, about two weeks. Um, so when I Googled, it was just like random stuff. So anyway, Titans season four. This was a fun season. <laughs> so I believe I mentioned that one, if you listen, then you know, I've talked about Titans before. And so it's no surprise that I was going to talk about the last season. But I mentioned last year, late last year, when the episodes first started to drop, uh, that I was going to wait until all the episodes dropped and then talk about it. Because at least in my in my memory if i'm remembering this correctly i've never watched these episodes week to week i've always binged them i know i came in late i think i came in after season two so i think i binged the first two seasons and then season three last season which came out 2021 i just don't remember watching that week to week and so I was like, no, we're not going to watch this week to week. We're just going to binge them. But then they took a break. So they did like six episodes, took a break. I thought it was going to be like a month or something like that. It was about four months, <laughs> almost four months break that they took. So I just put off watching it because, like I said, I wanted to watch them all at the same time. And I'm glad I did because had I watched those first six episodes and then had to wait four months to see the rest of the episodes, I would have been very upset because that six, that sixth episode, which, what was it? Brother Blood. And then we end with the um, Titans disappearing. And then you don't know what happened for like four months. Mm -mm. I would have been upset. So I do not regret my choices 
of waiting. Um, but because I waited and because this is a 12 episode season of TV, <laughs> it took me some time to watch it. So I believe I spread this over three days because if you listen to um, the previous episode, I have been traveling. So I squeezed this into the weekend along with going to see Guardians, which took some time out. And then I also binged uh, Exo Kitty, which I'm still contemplating if I want to talk about that because I have so many thoughts. Um, but if you're listening to, the, to this, you're probably not the target audience for that show. <laughs> but anyway, so all that to say, we finally got through it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm going to miss this crew. I think we've gotten to see a lot of them um, for a consistent amount of time across the seasons. And so you, you've built this relationship. I think four seasons, that's great. That they were like, this is the beginning. This is the end. We're going to end on a high note. So I think that they ended on with a very solid final season of TV. Uh, if you watch all of the DC things, then I'm sure you saw some of the crossovers and you're like, oh, yay, that's so cool. And the little shout outs to the other, um, like things in the universe. I did not write them all down, but this is when, let me find, when Gar was in the red and so we see, he sees the flash. I know we're jumping like way ahead because this is episode nine. He sees the flash and not just any flash, the Grant Gustin version of the flash, which is my favorite version <laughs> of the flash. Although I will not be discussing the final season of the flash because I just don't want to be negative. <laughs> so there's that, but because we've seen that version of The Flash, if you watch the TV show for so long, I feel like a lot of people have a connection to him. Uh, and those people who watch the CW show have very, very strong opinions <laughs> about that version of The Flash. So I was glad that they opted to do that version versus, um, oh my gosh, what, what's, what's their name? Oh, I can't think of it right now. I believe it starts with the E. But literally, they've been all in the news with all types of controversies. I've seen the trailers for that Flash coming out. Ezra Miller, there we go. It's like, it's the E, it's the E, it's the E. <laughs> Ezra Miller, they've been in all types of controversies. And for a minute, it was like, oh, will they, won't they? As far as continuing on with the um, Flash movie, but they've already invested so much money in it. And they're moving ahead with it because it was done. <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to get that. But I was glad that they went with Grant's version. What else? We saw Stargirl. I never watched an episode of Stargirl. I genuinely have no interest in watching Stargirl. And really it's because by the time Stargirl came around, that's when you all know I'm the biggest Arrow person. So that's when Arrow... Uh, was like, oh, we're about to wrap up. And then it was kind of like the disbandment of the Arrowverse. And so I just didn't want to get like get invested and then be disappointed because after that, it was like all the, all the Arrowverse shows started dropping like flies. <laughs> so I've never watched an episode of Stargirl, but I did recognize um, her in the red. Well, who else do we see? Mm, 
I think those were the, he sees Shazam, which I need to watch that latest movie, which I've never talked about Shazam on the, on this podcast, but that's okay. Oh, and then I put in other Easter eggs <laughs> and then he lands in Doom Patrol, which is a crossover as well, which Doom Patrol is a spinoff. Don't don't come for me if I'm not saying this right. It was a spinoff from Titans because they introed it or did like a backdoor pilot kind of in a way in season one, if I'm remembering that correctly. So, so yeah, so I thought that that was fun. Uh, overall, the Titans, we know last season, they all hopped on the RV. We had a new um, person join the team in Tim. So we met Tim last season. He got to join on the adventures this season. And so they are going to Metropolis because Superman, Clark Kent, wants to meet... Um, Oh my gosh, there's so many names. So it may take me a little minute to get into the swing of every of remembering everyone's names. <laughs> Wants to meet Connor. And so that's their whole purpose of going to Metropolis. But of course, when they get there, Superman, which we, I thought we would maybe at the end of the season see, I mean, we see his foot, but like see a conversation with them, maybe. But that doesn't happen. Uh, so he's like, oh, Ken, I gotta go save the world in another, on another planet. So I can't meet you. But we know his other father is Lex, the person who created him. And he reaches out and he wants to meet him. And of course, if Lex is reaching out, you know, he has to have an ulterior motive. And he, his ulterior motive is he's dying. And he has gotten into cahoots with some very, very dangerous people. You all know that I love culty things. <laughs> and I say I love culty things in a way that I love storylines around cults because I just think it's fascinating how people become like pr imprisoned by a cult. <laughs> That's not the right word, but you know, we're just going to use it for now. And so essentially we find out that this woman, May, who's the leader at this point, and I, when they started going through the episodes and started talking about Rachel's father, I was like, oh my gosh, what happened season one? We had to go all the way back to season one. And you all know how my brain works. I was like, what happened season one? Wait a minute. I don't remember this. Oh yeah, I do remember that. Like it took me a while to, for my brain to catch up to what everything that we were like tying it back to, uh, in season one. And they kept mentioning like her father and defeating him and saving her. Cause we know originally Corey was. Uh, on a mission to kill Rachel and then that's like I mean that's early days when the Titans got formed <laughs> initially so we've come a long way but yeah so she is she had a son which we find out in a later episode Sebastian and there is this prophecy children's book it looks like a children's book but there's a book with a prophecy in it uh, and it pretty much shows like, that there's this boy and he is going to pretty much bring the end of the world. And so once again, Corey is having to decide about if she wants to take out the threat now or maybe wait and see if the threat even happens. Like try to like save the situation uh, because you have Dick on one <laughs> shoulder being like, oh, everything's going to work out. It's going to be fine. Which at the end of the day, it does work out. It's fine. I'm actually surprised we didn't get any deaths 
if I'm being 100% honest. I mean, that's two things in a row. Guardians and then, oh shoot, I don't want to, that was a spoiler. Sorry. And then this where we don't, where like no one dies. But I, but again, I'm late with Guardians. So hopefully if you wanted to see Guardians, you've seen it by now. Uh, so don't come for me because I'm not about to edit this out. <laughs> But anyway, so, uh, yeah, so I was a little bit surprised no one died, um, in this, just based off of the life-threatening thing that they were up against. Because what, to me, what makes a great villain in, in anything, really, uh, when you, when you're talking about, like, superhero action, all that, what makes a really good vi villain is one where you feel like, there is no way that the people you're rooting for can defeat them because every single way you think that they are the strongest, they have super great powers and everything that they're throwing at them is just not working with this person is literally beating them to the point that you think that they're going to die. Like that to me is a great villain <laughs> where it just doesn't feel like, oh, we're going to do this little thing and then we're going to overcome it. Although we know the structure of the story, like we know at the end of the day, especially since it's the final season, how it been like, oh, we have one more season, then maybe we can be like, oh, is it, are they going to do it? Like, are they going to leave us hanging at the end? But like, because we know it's the final season, we know ultimately they're going to end up saving the world. It's just how many casualties are there going to be in the midst of it, which is why, again, I was surprised that there weren't any real casualties. And we got a very, like, they were giving us fan service. We got a very nice little bow. <laughs> on top of the entire series and they're like this is what's pretty much gave us a glimpse into everyone's like near future uh and then we kind of have a outlook of like the possible future for Corey and Dick just based off of the two um visions that they had with the little girl and the way that we end things so they were really given fan service with this ending I'm just saying <laughs> but um yeah, so we have Sebastian and she's like, Corey's like, oh, do I take him out now or do I not? And then Rachel, because there's this, now there's this sibling here that she has a bond with. And I'm always like, because this comes up, I believe Sebastian says this at some point during this season, something along the lines of, and I think I wrote this down actually. Let me go through my notes and see. Yes. This is why I write notes, because then I forget. Um, he says on the long lines that he's been raised uh, by cruelty and pain. And I, this came up in another, I don't remember if it was a show or a movie, but this is a theme that comes up quite often when you when they try to do a deep dive on a villain or try to make a villain feel relatable. Where they pose the or where it's like based off of how they were bought up, and there's always a question of if they were raised in a home that with love and acceptance, like would they have turned out differently? And I, I that is always a fascinating question to me because there are people who are raised in a cruel and painful environment. And they end up not being cruel or painful people. And then there are people who are raised in a loving and accepting environment. And they end up being cruel and painful people. So, I don't know. That is always an interesting thing that they, when they throw that out there, to be like, oh, what would have happened if I had been raised by love and acceptance versus cruel and pain? 
But we have real world examples of I don't think it really matters. I mean, there is some some of it, but there are just some people who, whether it's like a mind, a body chemistry, mind chemistry thing, where they're just not going to be uh, be do do good things, and they're going to hurt people. And it just is what it is. So I don't know. I, I, I think that's always fascinating. That's why I wrote it down. But anyway, he, he finds out that he is the son of, um, what is this guy's name? I feel like I don't write, I didn't write his name down too much. Rachel's father, because you all know how I feel about like evil demonic things. <laughs> if you're new here, I don't like horror movies. I don't like anything demonic. Or um, evil, and this was really telling the line. Like I was feeling like <sighs> body was tensing up when uh, her father showed back up in that episode. What episode was that? Episode eleven. And uh, the pauses are because I'm trying to go through my notes because when I say I took so many notes on the show, I took so many notes, and so it's a lot to parse through but I don't think I don't think I, I wrote his name down I don't know Rachel and Dick are trying to go this dark magic oh yeah let me have Sebastian with the game so it's not that episode mm. or so it was a warm warm hole the Privy could do it on his own. Maze that this time he bought him work. He's consumed his power and he blew the horn. Connor's that yeah, okay, so it's the beginning because he blew the horn at the end of episode eleven. Then Sebastian brought him see, I didn't I wrote his name in here probably in an earlier episode, but I have so many notes that I can't even try to go through them in real time to try to find his his name because I didn't write his name intentionally especially once we got to episode 12, because the whole thing was Meg was using Sebastian. We saw the back story of when Sebastian was born. And that was a little bit confusing. Not going, not, I don't, I don't want to use the word confusing. That was a little bit, what's the word? I don't know. But when they were going through that whole, and granted some of these episodes, because I was trying to finish all these episodes this weekend, like we were going into the night, <laughs> so I was a little bit tired. So some of these episodes I had to rewind a couple of times. And the one where we go into May's backstory is one that I had to um, rewind a few times. And so that was episode four, Super Super Mart. And so when we, it was it was a little bit like because what's his name, Sebastian. And I'm just trying to do the math because we started off in 1996 with May and then Sebastian, I mean, he looks like he's like 30s, <laughs> 40s. And so I'm trying to do quick math, which means this person was born in, I believe it was like 98, 99, something like that. And then we're supposed to be in 2022, I believe. And so that person's like in their early 20s. I don't know. It just was not tracking with me. So when she first when she had the baby and they're like, oh, it's a boy, Triton. I think that's what the father's name is. Trigon, Trigon, there we go. <laughs> See what's going to come to me if I couldn't find my notes. But um, when he had, 
or when she gave birth to him and then they were like, oh, the prophecy is a girl. We're waiting for a girl. And then they take him from her. And then we see that they muzzle her, which is just so inhumane. And then um, lock her away for forever until that fire that happens where she is broken free. And then we flash forward and she finds her son and she's really using him for her own selfish reasons, which was so interesting because you have like Rachel, Titans, Connor, and we're going to talk about Connor because Connor had me in here laughing. When I say that I was laughing, at laughing <laughs> Connor, <laughs> we're going to talk about Connor, but we had Rachel in his ear, some of the Titans, Connor in his ear, trying to be like, look, your mom, don't listen to her. She doesn't have your best interest at heart. She's doing this for her own selfish gains, which I think deep down he realized that. And all along, because he had been driven by this feeling of loneliness and no one caring about him and people leaving him. Even that whole scene with him and his girlfriend when she gave him that gift, which I'm pretty sure she's the one that May took his heart, <laughs> took the heart from, uh, which is wild. But even that whole scene when she gave him that gift and then the gift, the like little Game Boy thing, the little Game Boy thing. I'm pretty sure it was a Game Boy. It was something. She. It was a game. Uh, and he literally, whole mood changed and broke up with her. And just turned into a wild person. And she and was literally like, oh. And when he told that story to his mom, it's like, oh, I left her or broke up with her before she could leave me or hurt me or whatever. So when you're dealing with someone who has that those type of mental issues just just festering who knows what they're going to do and so clearly as he because he's a smart individual so as he is learning and adjusting which he didn't see Connor coming which I thought was surprising because I felt like Connor the whole time was acting suspect and I've been like are you for real really trying to help me or do you have an ulterior motive? Because Connor's behavior was just not consistent. But uh, the fact that he had people in his, maybe he needed people in his air about, about Connor as well. But his mom kind of was like, you can't trust the Titans. Like he really generally couldn't really trust anyone. Probably Rachel um, was the only one, but he let that all fester and became the ultimate, the, his, the most, not the the um what how what do I want to say? He became the most powerful that he could become by essentially not becoming emotionally connected to people. Cause he even tried to take Rachel out in that whole uh what episode is that Collie's Folly, Folly, Cal's Folly <laughs> and Cal's Folly. He even tried to take her out and she was like, Well, whatever you do to me, uh will happen to you. And then she severed that connection. Which was smart because then there would be no way for them to be able to take him out. Um, but yeah, so Sebastian, his whole his whole ride was interesting. Gar was interesting as well because he had he kept having what seemed like blackouts, and then we had the whole episode 
where after he saved the Titans when they like disappeared at the end of episode six and then they came back when Gar wasn't there. And you know when some of them are not like in the group because it just doesn't feel like the group. And you all know I love me group moments. I'm all about the group, the groups, the friend groups, the family groups, all the groups. I love the group moments. So when people are missing, you feel like they are missing, even though there are so many characters. And so when they all come together, it's like, oh my gosh, this is what I was missing. So when Gar is gone from the group, and then we get the episode where we find out where he's been and he comes to find out, which I got to go to the episode because I feel like a lot was happening there. We already talked about him being in the red, but he meets uh, this guy, Dominic. I believe was his name and he has similar powers to him. He pulled him out of the red and he needed him to help him with something. But also he tells him more about the red, the red needs you. You're so you essentially, what did I say? Gar is the most connected to the red and Gar pretty much was like by the, by about halfway to the end of this episode before he tried to leave Gar was like cut the shit because <laughs> he was done with the runaround which I thought was so funny but essentially he learns out there's more that he needs to know and learn about the red but his whole thing is like I need to get back to my friends I need to help them there's this big thing coming no one knows that this big thing is coming that could potentially end the world and so he's like okay that's cool and all but the red's gonna have to wait <laughs> And so I can help my friends with what they need to be helped with. And then that's when we see him go through the red. We see all the different little crossovers and flashes of connectedness throughout the the DC EU. <laughs> and then we see him land in, in the Doom Patrol house, which was also interesting because as soon as Corey came in and then she was trapped in there, and as soon as they got out, it was like, oh, that house is gone. It was so weird. It was kind of, it was a little bit weird the way that they were just like, oh, we escaped. And no one was like, what happened? Where have you been? No, no, no. But I guess whatever. We don't have time for it. You all know I don't like to waste time anyways. We don't need the filler. So there is that. Rachel, we got to see her without her powers because when she went up against May, May took her power. Was May is just, <laughs> she's one of those people who they hold a grudge. They think that I almost, it's not really, it's not really jealousy, even though you could say there's a little bit of that in there, but it's more so if I'm the first or in the beginning or whatever, and I think that something belongs to me and then someone belongs to me or to my child. And then someone comes along because my child is isn't the version or the person you were looking for. And so you're looking for a different version. That person takes what rightfully belongs to me and my child. Like she's one of those people. <laughs> so when she went up against, uh, when Rachel went up against May, May took her power and put it in that stone. It was like, it wasn't even hers to begin with. <laughs> How are you gonna tell that girl what is not hers to begin with? Because your son was not born a girl. <laughs> wild so we got to see her for a little bit without her power she had a lot of hair changes so she went from black to the white hair and then when she got her powers back she went to she stayed like whitish blonde um and then like white outfit 
which I was like, okay, I did like the lighter hair on her because dark hair was a little too dark. Um, cause black, like black hair is very, very harsh. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I like the lighter hair on her, uh, with the, even when she had it with the white, the lighter hair with the dark outfit. Cause you know, I'm a, I love an all black outfit. That's what I wear almost every single day. Um, so I liked that. And then when she had the white, the light hair with the white outfit, I was like, okay, okay. Uh, so we got to see her struggle with being like, do I want my power? She even talks about a little bit where after she first loses it, where she's like, oh, I don't feel this weight. I feel a little bit lighter. I don't feel like I have the, I'm constantly hearing the worries of the world. But even when she gets her powers back, she's like, oh, it feels different. It feels lighter because the darkness is not no longer attached to it. But I'm like, that I would definitely feel relieved about that because I don't know that I want the darkness hanging around me all the time. <laughs> I'm just saying all the time, if at all. Um, so there was that. Who have we not talked about? Connor. Let's talk about Connor and then we'll talk about Tim and then we will talk about Dick and Corey because we can talk about them together because compared to other seasons, Dick the things I have to say about Dick is a little bit light. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. So let's talk about Connor. Connor. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Which I mean, I guess it was granted when he when he met Lex that that some of that would rub off of him, and we would see him, which is something Dick says a lot throughout the season, where we've all had, especially to Connor, we've all had to deal with our dark confront our dark our darker sides we've all done things blah 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 blah, blah. <laughs> but when so I feel like it was granted that we would see him deal with a little bit of that and he told the line of okay has Connor completely lost his shit and he is just not redeemable or is there still something redeemable in there and I believe because he is half Lex half Clark that the Clark side is pretty strong and there's just always this underlying um will to want to do right that kind of overpowers the darker side that's like I want to do what I want to do and you saw that building a little bit when he wanted to go after May because May killed his father and so he had a and he was there like he saw Lex die so I can't even imagine even if you even though he just met his father for the first time but like that is still apparent that someone who created him and then seeing there and and seeing them die that would do something to to a person and so it's understandable that he would be upset and he would want especially if they died in that way he would want to seek some type of justice but because Dick is who he is and he is constantly trying to keep the crew on the lighter side of things um if possible he's like this is a group we need to go after as a team you're not going to go in alone clearly this person is super powerful and you may not be able to defeat her on your own which we saw examples of that multiple times and so I think Connor just got fed up and Connor was like, when did Connor to shave his head? Because I need to see. It was after Inside Man. So Inside Man, when they're after the Super Super Mart, they fight the like zombie people. 
And then he gets stabbed by freaking, what's his name? He gets stabbed by, did I not write it? All these notes, all these notes. Deathstroke, there we go. <laughs> he gets stabbed by a dead Deathstroke. And so clearly May put some type of magic on it. And so he ends up with a snake in his stomach. Like snakes, I don't do reptiles. <laughs> I mentioned this in Guardians too, because I was talking about animals, but I do not do reptiles. And I do, I, of all the things, the reptiles I can't do is the tongue, is the like the snake tongue, like all of that, the little slithering, I cannot do it. And so the fact that the way that these people died when May killed them is they were throwing up snakes, I was done. So that whole thing with uh, Connor, when they had him strapped down and it was still a snake in his tongue, I was like, somebody come tap me when the scene is over because I do not want to see this. Uh, so I think after that, whatever that did, that like just flipped the switch hardcore <laughs> in Connor. And he was like, shave my head. I'm full, fully Lex's son. I'm taking over LexCorp. This is my legacy. Because we kind of knew he was on a trajectory because after Lex died, like he was blamed for killing Lex. And then that's when the world found out that Superboy is a product of Lex, Lex created him in a tube and he used himself and Superman to create him. So like there's this whole thing and so he's treated like a criminal so he already felt some type of way about that. He saw his father die in front of him and now this woman literally took over his body and was mind controlling him. So he just snapped. <laughs> it was like done, done, I am fully, Connor, uh, what's, what's his last name? Not, not Lex. Oh my gosh, what's Lex? Luther. Connor Luther. <laughs> and I'm not taking anybody's shit anymore. And so I was like, Connor. Every time I saw Connor with that shaved head, I was like, I cannot take him seriously. <laughs> he did like a 360, a 180, all the way around. So 360. But <laughs> he went from wearing his little super boy t-shirt and jeans to wearing the whole suit. Trying to have the whole, like, I'm not taking anybody's ish type of demeanor. I don't know. It was so funny to me. Every time I saw Connor, I laughed. I cannot even lie, but I did. It was so funny. <sighs> okay. Okay. Now that I've gotten that out the way. Um, so we see that and then we see him partner with, and it feels like as you're seeing Connor have conversations with Sebastian, that he is trying to do this on his own and he may not all the way be, uh, fully Connor, Connor Luther, but, uh, you know, it's not going to work because one is Connor and he's a little bit naive. He's, he's always been a little bit naive since we met him. So, you know, it's not, his plan is not fully going to work, but you know what his intent is. And so, I don't know. It was interesting seeing that dynamic because then he brings Sebastian into the company for the game and then find out that Sebastian is using the game 
to take people's souls, which was just, <laughs> once again, wild. And so we see him help the team be able to get in and stop that. But there is a casualty and the casualty ends up being, oh my gosh, what's his name? I told you all because I have not said his name yet. So now I've got to find it in my notes, which is probably not until, actually, I should go back to the beginning because we're going to switch to Tim. Bernard, there we go. Because episode one, we saw this coming. So that's all I got to say about Connor. Connor was, was it was, he had a wild ride this season. <laughs> and we'll talk about where they all ended up. But Tim, we got to talk about Tim. Because again, we met Tim last season. Tim got is, was officially part of the crew this season. I had so many questions about Tim because they've been in this RV for I don't know how long, riding around. Uh, Tim's whole thing is like, I'm going to be the new Robin, blah, 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 blah. He hasn't been trained on anything. They haven't, they have been in multiple situations where they have been attacked and Tim has not been able to defend himself. And so every time they show up at Star Labs, uh, which is where we meet Bernard, uh, in episode one, cause he's like the liaison between, uh, Dick and Superman, but Every time we show up at Star Lab, I'm like, okay, we're there for a little bit. Can we train him? What is going on? He gets a bow staff at the beginning of the season. And that was about it. We don't really see any training. We see a little bit of light training at the lab. But again, we've been in multiple situations where the team has been attacked. And Tim is just hanging around, probably going to get somebody killed. And so I thought that that was... That was like the one thing I was like, okay, somebody needs to teach Tim how to fight because it's a little bit infuriating that he does not know how to fight by now. But we knew, like they laid that relationship down episode one. As soon as Tim and Bernard met, we knew that that was going to be a thing. And so you all know, I love like a very cute, wholesome build up for a relationship and Tim and Bernard's relationship was just cute and wholesome and it was a very very slow burn but it was a it was a fun slow burn because you you're like you know they're going to get there it's just when are they going to get there and what is it going to be also Bernard is very like analytical he's like it's got to be this way not that way and so seeing those moments where he was compromising and also Tim's compromising too, because like they're very, two very, very different types of people. And so seeing them making comprom comp compromises, uh, one example being when they, when the crew disappears and calls Folly and they can't find them. And this is the first time because now Bernard and Tim are left alone together. And finally they hook up. They, that whole hotel scene, <laughs> was so cute and I also was laughing because I was just like oh my gosh this is the cutest funniest scene but I don't know I love the hotel scene when they're both like going in their different rooms and then Tim's like I'm gonna unlock the lock and then I'm gonna wait and then Bernard like unlocks the lock and this is after they're like oh we're just gonna be friends because they Tim was like, oh, he made the first move on him at Star Labs. You all watched it, you know, but we don't talk about it because I just thought this whole thing was just super adorable. <laughs> Again, 
if you came here for like your typical, I should have said this way at the beginning, but if you came here for your typical like superhero show, like finna get nerdy, this is not the one because <laughs> I watch uh, freaking angsty teen shows. So these are the things that are going to make me fun or make make me be like, oh, yes, let's talk about this. Um, so he or they call him young adult now, angsty young adult shows. Uh, but what was I saying? So that whole scene was super adorable because we had the moment when Connor, the Inside Man episode, when Connor was being controlled and that's when Tim makes his, makes the first move on Bernard. And so then they're kind of like together, but then Tim gets hurt. Something happens to Tim. I can't remember, but essentially Bernard's like, what's going on? Are you okay? And Tim is not responding to his calls or whatever. So by the time that they link back up in the calls folly episode, Bernard's like done with, done with the shits. And he's just like, I think we need to remain colleagues. We should not be together. And then that's when they split up. So then Tim ends up in the car with Bernard and then everyone else ends up in the RV. And we know the RV ends up disappearing in the Calls Folly because they have Rachel in the RV, which is why they're able to get into Calls Folly. And then Tim and Bernard are left behind. And so they're trying to figure out what happened, where they disappeared to. And so we having that whole episode where they are stuck together and being able to, because this is not episode seven. So we've had about again a slow burn of a, of a relationship um so we've had some time now and now we get to see them finally alone together for an extended period of time I thought it was fun so when we got to the to the hotel episode I was just like this is so fun this is so cute but then so Tim like unlocks the door and then he waits and he's gonna walk away defeated and then <laughs> this is why I don't recap because I'm it's, I'm too dramatic and then freaking Bernard, he gets up, he unlocks his side of the door. And then when Tim gets super excited, he like runs to the bathroom. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so funny. Also so cute. And then I'm glad we didn't like get into the, like they left it very much high level. And then we have the next day. I was reading something. Oh my gosh, this is a little bit off track. But what I was talking about are something along, along the lines of, are we like over-sexualized or something like that? I think it was a video that I saw on YouTube, like the title of it. And I was like, huh, I've been thinking about this because I do watch a lot of like the Riverdales and the uh, Gossip Girls and all of that. And it's like, and I always talk about it in those shows how I think we they go a little bit too far <laughs> with some of the sexual content because these are supposed to be like teenagers. Uh, and so I was thinking about that when this whole sequence happened, I was like, oh, I'm glad that they let, even though I don't know how old Tim is, but Tim comes off as being very, very young because he's living with his parents. Like he has to be a teenager. And so I was, or at least 18, 19, I just don't see him being more older than 19. But, um, so I was glad that they kept it like super high level. And so it made it feel even more wholesome because it was like, oh, so cute. <laughs> we see them, um, which goes back to my original comment about them making compromises because 
Then we have the scene when they go to the radio station and Tim wants to stay there because they run into uh, the guy who's like the son slash brother of the people in Calls Folly. And Bernard's like, I need my lab. I need my computers. I need to be able to, I need data. And Tim's talking about, well, I can't remember what he says, son something, pretty much feelings or whatever. And Bernard's like, I can't work off of feelings. I was like, oh my gosh, you all just made up. Are we seriously about to go down this road again? But then Bernard comes back with coffee and an extension cord. <laughs> It was just like, yay. So clearly this was, this was like my favorite part of, of, or favorite relationship within the whole group, um, of the season. So yeah, I thought it was super adorable, but I was so happy when we got to episode, what is it? Uh, was it 11? Yes. Episode 11, Project Starfire. Dick sends Tim to Gotham to get some info that they need to deal with the situation that they're in. And he gives them a case and clearly is like, oh, this is a suit for you. Tim's like, oh, what is it? It's like, clearly it's a suit. And so then he opens it up, finds out it's the Robin suit. He goes looking for this person, pretty much is about to get his ass kicked. And then Jason shows up and you're just like, <laughs> Jason, okay. And then the whole like way that Jason shows up and uh, it's like, oh, come back to the, come back with me. Or whatever. I was. I literally wrote, Jason, please help your boy fight. Because <laughs> again, this is not episode 11. We have dealt, dealt with 10 episodes of Tim just being in the way. <laughs> and not being able... Like, he can get a little hits off or whatever, but he killed a snake. But, like, that's about it. We need him to be able to fight, fight. And so, I was happy to see that. I thought that that was a fun um, thing to see. Like, Jason come back in that way. Be able to help Tim and then see their dynamic as well, like one former Robin to the new Robin, <laughs> and Jason being like, No, you need real world experience <laughs> and not taking any shit. And so, when I saw that, I was like, Okay, wait a minute, I feel like Dick sent him, sent him here on purpose to train with Jason, and then we come to find out that indeed Jason and Dick were in cahoots with each other and he did send him there to get some to learn from Jason. So I thought that, that was fun. I really did. I enjoyed that episode. Corey and Dick, because we are we need to we need to bring this on home. So I said I'm pretty light on Dick because Dick I feel like was really playing the the leadership guidance role where he was really there to give like inspirational <laughs> comments try to steer the crew on the right direction um be the the optimistic one in a situation that was very much not so optimistic <laughs> that seemed like it was a no-win situation like he was just that voice to be there so trying to guide connor trying to keep uh starfire Corey's like uh feelings and willpower on the more positive side versus the negative side because as the episodes are going and as Sebastian is getting stronger and is doing even more crazy things, Corey is doubting her decision of not killing him when she had the chance to kill him, but let of killing him and let him go. And then she's also has in her head this whole prophecy that she's the only one who can defeat him and in the prophecy it looks like she dies. It like it looks like maybe the Titans die as well. And so she has this hanging over her head and Dick's like, well, 
just because it's a prophecy doesn't mean that it's going to happen. Like we've ran up against prophecies before and they haven't come true. I mean, kind of in a way they did, but you all were able to overcome it, which is kind of what happens in this instance as well, because Corey is the one who is able to defeat Sebastian, as we see when she takes him up. Uh, and then like, what did I write down? Because I was like, I don't know how to describe this. <laughs> but, oh, I didn't even talk about Connor dying for like a whole 30 minutes. Because <laughs> that was episode 12. But we see Corey takes him in the space and blasts both of them. But then she ends up coming back. And that whole thing was kind of laid out, uh, drawn out because... Again, this is the final season, so I'm expecting death. So I was like, oh, sad, she died. But then, and everyone like turns and walks away. But Dick is still standing there and he sees like the light in the sky. And then he's like, oh wait, she's not dead. And she like shows back up and she's like, I'm still here. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. But I thought it was um, very interesting because it's always been a, um, a connection between Corey and Dick throughout the series, uh, we know they've had intimate moments. They've had various types of moments throughout. And I, and the fact that Dick had the vision of the daughter first, and then Corey, uh, I think that was last season. I think it was last season. And then Corey had the vision of the daughter. She had the extended vision because we got to see uh, it with the girl, but also with amongst the titans and with dick and it's like they're celebrating her birthday whereas dick's vision was just like the girl calling him daddy with the red balloon and that's one Corey sees the girl with the red balloon um and then she sees dick and then she sees the rest of the crew and they're like they're in like a park forest situation celebrating her birthday um and so there's always been like this underlying thing between them and so i don't think that it is I don't think that it's surprising that they end up together or on or on a trajectory towards that vision that they saw, especially with all of the kids. And I also thought it was fun before I get into like the end in um, the episode after calls folly, which was Dick and Carol and Ted and Corey when they wake up and calls folly. And they're being brainwashed by the music. And Dick's like, oh, you need to, we need to record like very, very strong memories so that we won't lose ourselves and we'll be able to bring ourselves back. And Corey's like, oh, it's not going to work. And she's the first one who like actually turns while they're there. And then she doesn't use her recording, but um, Dick's recording to bring her back. And I also think it was interesting because Corey's recording was more so about like her and Dick's recording was very much so about Corey, which is like, I see what you all are trying to do, but I don't think it's surprising um, that the way we end, they're on a, traje a trajectory towards that vision that they both saw because like all the kids, cause they've kind of been playing like mom and dad cause they are the two oldest. <laughs> and literally it feels like they're, they have kids that they have to take care of because everyone's so young or, or younger than them. Also, I have to say, Bryn, Bryn Thwaites, which I always feel like I say his name wrong, but it's okay. Because uh, you all know I try. I really do try not to mess people's names up. But, because I've seen, I uh, I feel like I say this every single time I talk about Titans, but the amount of growth I've seen from him 
just based on his earlier roles, I'm always like, this is such a good role for him. Like, it made me be like, oh, this is a good role for him. <laughs> I just had to say that because that could, that also popped up throughout the season as well. I was just like, this is really, like, I, could, I couldn't see anyone else being, being this Dick Grayson but him. I don't know. I don't know. It's just how I feel about it. But anyway, and so they literally, all their kids leave the nest and I wrote it down because everyone, one after the other, was like, I'm doing this and I'm doing this and I'm doing this. And I love that Dick made the reservation. This is when Connor um, had died for a hot second and literally was dead, like flatlined, no movement. <laughs> and then Dick was like, he gave him some type of antidote or concoction, which was a concoction of, uh, what was it? Red, if I can find it. I think it was red kryptonite or something like that. And like a mixture of like other like normal type of human drugs. And so he gave him that. And then they just left, let him like left him just sitting on the thing. <laughs> just nothing flatlined. And then eventually he came through, was able to help the crew at the end. Cause you know, of course they defeated uh, Sebastian, which we barely talked about, but like we all watched it. So we know. Um, but I love that he made the reservation. It was like, I'm making a reservation for six. And after, uh, what's her name? Corey went up and like blasted herself and Sebastian. And then I was like, oh, it's only going to be five people at the reservation. And then she showed back up and I was like, oh yeah, he does get his six people for the reservation. They made the reservation. Uh, when you see the next scene and I'm like all walking up to the rooftop, I was like, oh, they made their reservation. They made their resi. So um, everyone's leaving. Gar is leaving to go in the red. He needs to get more answers. Um, and also it sounds like he's supposed to be like protecting the red or something like that. Rachel applied for college. Uh, so she's going to a community, a community college outside of Gotham called Bloodhaven. Tim is going to juggle both being Robin in Gotham and then being a metropolis because he is still very much in a relationship with Bernard. Just like, oh, so cute. And then Connor is staying in Metropolis. He finally met Clark and he is learning how to fly, which we do see him flying in the very, very last clip of the episode or the season, the very, very last uh, clip of the series really um and then so that's everyone everyone's left the nest and so it just leaves uh dick and Corey, and we see them walking and talking um and embracing the the real possible not even possibility but like the reality that they are really going to try um to be in this relationship and i thought it was cute which i think neither one of them mentioned it but we see somebody walking past uh, with a stroller and that kid is holding a red balloon. I was like, I see what you're doing here. I see it. I see it. So yes, that was season four of Titans. I'm looking at my takeaways. I've talked about everything I wanted to talk about. I did put in, I feel like the tone of DC is more dark in general. Uh, and I don't know what that thought came from. That must've been like an earlier thought I had when the season started and then I was just thinking about all of the different shows and just how dark their tones are in general. <laughs> Cause we always joke about like the DC movies that came out um, being like, oh, they're so dark, da, da, da. But like, if you think about the stories, they're dark stories. So I don't know, it makes sense. But anyway, 
that was season four of Titans. It was a fun season. It was great that they ended it on this note. Um, and did not try to drag it out because we're not gonna we're not gonna point fingers. But yeah, I don't know what you all thought about this final season of Titans on the season overall. Let me know all the things and I will talk to you all in the next episode. That's the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking through it to the end. Be sure to follow me on all the social media platforms at currently binging on Instagram and at current binge on Twitter. Also, hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on, and I'll talk to you in the next one.